Welcome to the Roll Bimmer Roll Podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Looking back to this past weekend, Brad, the Tennessee conspiracy theories were flying. Jarrett Garantano made one of the most infamous plays in ball history. And once the clock struck midnight and the game finally ended, we witnessed the 13th consecutive win over Tennessee. That lucky number. <laughs> What'd you make of the, the referee conspiracy theories that, that the ball base was spewing? I think this might be one of the only times in recorded history that Tennessee and Louisiana were actually on the same side uh, for one night, at least, because I'm just telling you, I bet the amount of web traffic for the SEC office's location was at a all time high Saturday night. It adds to the win for me. Maybe that sounds weird, but like the bitter, the bitterness coming from them makes it so much more enjoyable for me. And here, here, like, here's my thing. If you get Alabama with almost half of their original starting defense out with injuries, then they lose arguably the best player in the nation at quarterback in the second quarter. They replace him with a guy who's never taking a meaningful snap of college football, and you still can't keep the game within three touchdowns. That's on you. You got Alabama in the most vulnerable state they've been in in probably a decade. You still lost by 22. And that's not because of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's, that's because Tennessee is a program that cannot take advantage when an opportunity like that is basically gift-wrapped to them. No, they get too caught up in the emotions, and that's how you know they're nowhere close to being in the right direction that they want to try to go to. The defense scored as many points in the second half as the offense. I mean, yeah, you had a somewhat big lead going into halftime. It was manageable uh, for Tennessee to try to get back into this game, but they just could not do it. And in the second that every time the call went our way, it just they reacted to that in a way that it actually was detrimental to what they were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. By the way, both teams had 93 penalty yards. Alabama is now the most penalized team in the SEC. <laughs> and the 20th most penalized team in all of college football, all 130 teams in FBS. So, that I mean, that's clearly not something to brag about. But if the conference officials have an Alabama bias in the rigging games for Nick Saban, they're doing a pretty terrible job of executing that. Dude, I'm just telling you, I can't do shit right with money. Like, I know why I'm broke. Like, I can't win bets. I put <laughs> money on the SEC books, you know, I, to try to get the calls. And we're the 20th least, or the what is it? The We're 110 out of 130 in terms of penalties. Uh, we're the most penalized team in the SEC. Like, I can't win for losing here. I don't get it. But hopefully against LSU, they get it right. Because that's really when it counts. Because we thought we saw something with Tennessee having that chapped ass with the refs, oh, hell no. Two weeks from now, be a lot more chapped than that. What would you make of the defense? Because like the, the numbers and what I watched did not match up to me. Tennessee only scored 13. They only gained 231 total yards. But it felt worse than that when it was happening. Yeah, you know, it, it did. And I don't know if that's just because we were getting caught up in the moment. I, I Honestly, I haven't gone back and watched it overall yet. And I almost feel like maybe there are some, some bright moments that are being overlooked outside of the obvious, you know, Trayvon's run. But to me, I feel like there's still a lot of room for growth here, especially at that linebacker position, because look, Christian Harris has come a long way from week one. And we see why he was one, if not the top linebacker coming out last year. Uh, which, again, love where he's from, too. But I think that there's still some problems once you're able to get past the line of scrimmage against Alabama, whether you're running or throwing a quick slant, which is all Tua's ever able to do now, apparently, (laughs) or was. 
which hopefully Mac finds success doing. But uh, no, I think that there's some issues and it won't reflect in the box score. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like maybe part of it had to do with Brian Maurer, how he started before he was injured. He was five for seven. He converted a couple of third downs. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with lack of execution on Tennessee's end is maybe why it felt like that. They missed some opportunities. I don't know if you remember the long third and goal from the 20 in the second quarter, mm-hmm. but Jawan Jennings hit, hit Shy Carter with a double move, and he had about four yards of separation, and Garantano just straight up missed him for a touchdown. So while something like that, it just shows up as an incompletion on the stat sheet, you also watched it, and you know that, say, Joe Burrow or most any other competent quarterback in the world is that's probably they're probably hitting that for six I think he's legally changed his name to Joe Brady by the way uh (laughs) based on what I've heard so uh yeah no it's it's gonna be a problem I'm glad we have that bye week hopefully we can put some more money towards the refs but and it's not just this week though this past week against Tennessee I mean there's been these things throughout the season and I, I think that some of the stuff has been masked and overlooked because of the overall performance the box score maybe even just the fact that Tua continues to throw touchdowns via slant. Yeah, and, and Tim <laughs> and Tim Jordan, <laughs> he also rushed for uh, almost 100 yards on 17 carries, so they had some success on the ground, yeah, too. Yeah, dude, they were key. Yeah, they yeah. whipped our ass at times on the line of scrimmage. Right, I don't want to be completely negative because I, I know the hand that the defense was dealt, and like we said, we, we know that patience, <laughs> we're going to have to have patience with this group. And, and I've seen improvement, especially from guys like you said, Christian Harris, and ultimately they only gave up 13, and that's – that's the end result that matters yeah, most. Dude, yeah, seriously, you're allotted 99 yards of F-ups. Yeah. It's all about that last one. Right. At the end of the day, have all the free plays you want. It's all about the box score. That's all, At the end of the day, that's all that matters. We play to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, a team that averages 50 a game is two weeks away. And Tua's health is in question. So it, it feels like they, they need to turn that corner maybe even quicker now. Yeah, you know, look, I get the whole LSU 50 a game thing, but let's look on the other side of that average that of scoring, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, Vanderbilt scored, what, over 40 points against LSU? So, uh, it don't I, – I get it. And everyone, every single year for the last eight years, people going into LSU with a glimmer of hope from Baton Rouge thinking they have a chance against Alabama, Alabama fans try to convince themselves for going to lose. Yeah. This year, more than before, better chance for us to lose, but – they give up a lot of points and a lot of yards. I don't care, I, even if it's Mac Jones, which it won't be. But still, I have faith because I think it's going to be a shootout. And when's it ever been that? Not this decade. Yeah. I also, I can't go without mentioning Ty Piron. <laughs> 40, oh, 46 and a half yards per punt, a long of 51. The entire crowd, including me, went crazy when he booted one uh, further than 30 yards, basically, <laughs> but also came down and made the tackle. But the, the reaction of the crowd, uh, the execution, the instant gratification and in knowing, like, hey, Alabama has found their their guy at punter, as weird as it sounds, that's been one of the highlights of the season for me. No, dude, I, I literally, I hit puberty again when that happened. Like, it was it was crazy. I, I didn't know how to, I'm still at a loss for words. I didn't know how to react when I saw him just come up and bow up on him. Like it, it was just the most incredible thing. And we've been able to see all season watching Alabama's punting. And if you've watched the NFL, you've seen JK still just do JK things. And mm-hmm. you always have that. What if, or man, I miss it. Well, we've got it again. I don't know if he runs measurables, but he, he's not that big. 
Right, so it, like he comes down to me. I mean, he's looking Nick Saban in the eye. I would imagine if they're standing in front of each other. So I mean, he's our he's our this generation Mark McMillan. You know, he's our money right. mouse. Yeah. You know, let's do it. Uh, look, the most notable story coming out of Tennessee weekend was the all-too-familiar tightrope procedure being performed on Tua's high ankle sprain. Uh, Nick Saban said on Thursday, though, that this is not as severe of an injury as he sustained last season when it, it took him 12 games or 12 days to get back on the field. Uh, Arkansas is this weekend, bye week, LSU. A game Alabama, in my opinion, cannot afford, obviously, to have Tua on the sideline for. With all of that said, what is your current – panic level well i mean this was the worst case scenario going into the season Mm -hmm. because of the situation behind him Uh, i think max very capable uh in the offensive line the run game to get us through this weekend no problem from what i understand he's ahead of schedule at rehab but at the end of the day man i mean this type of injury it's one you don't get you don't get rid of in two weeks you know all it takes is and you absolutely know all it takes is one wrong turn. And what the hell is LSU going to try to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm alleging them, so I'm not going to say they will, but they're going to try to get two out by re-aggravating that in two weeks. So my panic level is still probably around a calm eight, eight and a half. You know, <laughs> and that's about it. But uh, I just I, I'm worried because I, I feel like it's not going to be to stop Alabama from scoring in that game. It's going to be about trying to get two out. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess you could say. Uh, this weekend could change my feelings leading up to LSU. They're going into a game in which Mac Jones will be the starter. No disrespect to Mac. That's not a, a sentence that any of us wanted to, to hear this season. And they're still favored by more than 30. If you could have handpicked a Tua to miss, it'd be this one. Arkansas is bad. On top of that, they'll be missing both starters on the, the left side of their offensive line. And if Matt comes out and controls and manages the game after a week of taking reps with the ones and, and the run game continues on the path they've been on and the defense, you know, kind of takes advantage of a depleted offense, maybe that'll do enough to kind of calm the nerves of the fan base a little bit. But but if Mac Jones comes out and starts throwing balls in the dirt and the offense is having trouble moving the ball against a defense that just gave up 51 to Auburn, panic's probably going to set in for a lot of us. Oh, I fully expect one or two infamous Mac Jones arm punts. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, look, Mac's no slouch, though. At the end of the day, Mac, this past year, he led a flag football team of all women <laughs> to an undefeated season and won a championship while he called the plays, too. Yeah, that's so, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now he has Arkansas's defense, which he probably would have beat with that team, too. <laughs> Comparable. Right. Yes. Uh, so what? What kind of approach are you taking with him? Like, I've seen a lot of people split on this. It's like some saw his performance against Tennessee, and they're already calling for Talia, basically. Uh, (laughs) Some think he'll turn a corner and look different this weekend after he gets a week of practice with the ones. Like, where do you sit with this? I'm telling you, this whole Talia thing, man, he is – it's its such a bad thing for him because he, he's already got the pressure just from, you know, the fact of who he is. But yeah. uh, there's a reason why, you know, Mac has stuck around and why he's had this opportunity, no question, compared to, well, maybe it's this or we're going to see how they practice throughout the week and, you know, give the reps to the guy, you know, that's leading throughout. No, I, I think Talia is a long way away. You may see shades of him in this game in certain plays – but honestly, I don't, I don't think it's the true direction for this weekend for the game plan unless Mac just bottoms out. But Mac's got to mm-hmm. – when he's on, he's on. I mean, but 
other than that, he's kind of like uh, Kirk Cousins. He's a he's a good and a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna get. I can't lie. When when I was in the actual moment last week and the offense was not moving the ball, they were going three and out. The defense seemed like it was staying on the field. I got to the point where the thought of Talia entered my mind for a second. Like I was one more three and out away from jumping on that train. But you know, we're a week removed from all of that. I'm a lot more willing to be patient than I was when I was sitting in the stadium on Saturday. But I'll say this. If they go into this game and he looks like he did against Tennessee, and they're struggling to pull away from a putrid Arkansas team, I think you had to ask yourself, like, hey, can this guy get the job done in two weeks if Tua can't go? And if the answer to that is a definitive no, then it'd be time to see if the answer's different, you know, when you put Talia in. Like, Alabama does not have time to guess. They do not have that luxury right now. No, I agree, and uh, I won't lie, I felt the same way, too, out of frustration and being the over-dramatic person I am during a game. But Alabama's not going to ask a lot against Arkansas, I don't believe. You know, I think they're going to try to keep it within control of, you know, what he is good at, what he can handle, and maybe take a shot or two. But I don't think that's the objective. I think it's just to get through this game. Do enough to get through it. Yeah. Well, Nick, Nick Saban says that the, the plays don't change. He's got all the confidence in Mac Joe. He's saying all the right things right now. But I have a feeling like the, the 2009 playbook is about to be dusted off, right? Look, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm about to break out the run the damn ball lane Kiffin pins I got, you know. But if, if that's the case, that the plays don't change, yeah. I want are every you, are one you of buying those. that? Are you buying that? No, I'm not going to buy okay. a damn bit of that. For once, I'm going to make <laughs> the right either. call with money. So, um, But no, I mean, seriously, dude, you can't tell me the plays aren't going to change because – Let's say it, none of the plays changed. They, they got the same objective they were going to have this week if Tua was starting. I want all the national media bros to watch this game and see that Tua is all he's good at is throwing slants. I keep beating this dead horse. Well, why can't anyone else do it? Why can't the offense score all these points? I don't know. Maybe there's something more to the fact that, oh, he never throws past a slant. So yeah. I'm just – I'm definitely not mad. I'm laughing. So, <laughs> Is there any part of you that's kind of nervous for, for this weekend? Oh, hell no. It's Arkansas. Really? It's homecoming. Yeah. I mean, they're our homecoming game every year. No, no, yeah. there's not. Well, their, their game against Texas A&M, that's the one that like gives me a, a little bit of pause when I look back. Yeah, well, that's every you, year. Uh, uh, that's true. That's true. They do they do play close every year. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. Arkansas was leading that game in the fourth quarter, though. Like they, they looked like a competent football team for a couple of quarters at least. So I know they're they're capable of putting – 30 minutes together at least. Dude, I don't know, man. They, they got to be doing a little bit of, you know, some booger sugar or something to get up for this game if they're going to try to do something to Alabama. So yeah. I just – I don't know – I don't think any of us know how capable Mac Jones is truly in, in this kind of setting. And, look, it's – like, it's possible he comes out, he executes a game plan, Alabama's up four scores in the fourth. But until I actually see it, I'm going to be skeptical. So I feel like maybe there will be some nerves this weekend until I maybe see a reason for there their not to be. And hopefully that's not long after kick. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's actually the, you know, the 2015 season all over again, really. It's, you know, until somebody proves it, until Coker actually, you know, had that game against A&M. That, hey, I wasn't sold. I was nervous. And I didn't know if it could happen. I was proven wrong. And then I was on board the rest of the way with our golden child. So I think it's the same thing this weekend with Mac. Arkansas is going to probably, you know, stack the box for the most part and make us beat them, you know, until Mac can do it in the beginning. I wouldn't be shocked. I think Mac has the capability, but I think Mac doesn't have that uh, mental toughness truly in the moment 
And we're going to find out if he can be resilient if he makes a mistake. Can he come back in? Can he bounce back from that? Alabama now has the sack leader, by the way, in conference. Terrell Lewis, believe it or not, leads the uh, SEC in sacks. And there are two starting offensive linemen out for Arkansas. This could be a big week for those numbers. And by the last two games Terrell's had, it's overshadowed maybe not the stats, but the actual uh, disruption that Afton Jennings has put up to as well on the other side. I mean, he's been consistently – He Afton Jennings may not be elite – consistently but he is consistently a pain in the ass and that's why he's going to work out in the nfl too as well all right well this has been the roll bama roll podcast roll tide